Today's message is entitled Wisdom Making God Our Prosperity. Not necessarily just our priority. We say we want to make God our priority, but we also want to make him our prosperity. And wisdom is essential in doing that. So today we want to talk about this concept of wisdom and how important it is to utilize it in our lives. Many people assume that the world has an order that is certain to function as pre-prescribed. People think that the world has been set up, the world order has been set up to just, that God set it up to where he said, go, he pressed start, and it's just supposed to unfold the way he, or things were prescribed to. But it takes wisdom to factor in and to calculate the many changes the world order faces. So even though things were kicked off in Genesis 1 with the creation, there were things that occurred along the way that certainly God knew about and anticipated, but he's not a God who sets things in order and just lets it happen the way uh, it's prescribed to happen. He allows for free will and choice and all these other types of things and wisdom has to come into play. And so we learn that life is not a set order of events that happen as they should. They should. You know, God intended things to go a particular way, but things happen in life because we have real entities attempting to thwart the plans of God. And God knew that this would happen, and so he started this world with what he calls wisdom. Wisdom had to be created to help us navigate through life and his plan. And so, the question is, is there really such a thing as a predictable moral order? Are things always predictable? And so we're going to learn today how wisdom is applied to help navigate through the planned ordered steps of God or the life that we intend to live for God, but things happen along the way. And we learn that wisdom is actively involved and engaged in our daily walks of life because daily stuff happens that we didn't plan to happen. Wisdom then, if that's the case, then wisdom must be personified in us as it was first personified in Christ. So as we walk through life daily, if wisdom is actively engaged in our lives to help navigate our decisions and choices, then we must see wisdom as a person in our lives. Uh, watch this. And so as Christians, if 
wisdom is personified in Christ, then wisdom must be personified in us because we must be Christ-like. So even in his wisdom, we must walk in wisdom. And walking in wisdom is achievable because, listen, because we have his Holy Spirit in us. So that wisdom is made available to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. So in the Old Testament, as the Torah, the Hebrew writings of old, the Torah, it's called the Torah, as that was the wisdom in the Old Testament, Jesus is the new Torah in the New Testament. In other words, the Israelites and the Jews use the laws, the Torah, the Hebrew writings, as their wisdom to guide them in their lives. And so now we use Jesus or the Bible. Jesus and the Bible are synonymous. He is the word. And so that becomes our wisdom for our daily walking. So we don't talk about wisdom enough, but wisdom is a major player in the scope of things that we deal with from day to day. We talk about plans all the time, but we don't talk about the wisdom it takes to get us to accomplish those plans. In other words, we wake up often and we just start doing, we just start the plan. We want this and we want that, but we fail to block out time to apply the wisdom that is needed because no matter how well you plan, stuff is going to happen the way we didn't intend for it to. Are you tracking? So I want to go back today before the step of taking action and living our lives like it's golden. The step that we need to take the step of action before we actually engage in things in life. Before we set out to do, Joyce, we must know what to do and how to do it. So for that, we first have to ask the question, what is wisdom? So the question this morning is, what is wisdom? Is wisdom intellect? Is wisdom smarts? Is it instinct? Is it old age? Is it experience? Is it moral but not practical? Is it just theory? Is it thought? Is it spiritual? Well, Paul Carlene in the handbook uh, to Bible study describes it as this. He says, wisdom is an attribute of God denoting his perfect coordination of events to accomplish his ends. It is a coordination of events to accomplish his ends, a virtue particularly for God's children, consisting of the ability to apply knowledge successfully to life. So he tells us that there are things that God gives his children to help us apply to life on a daily basis that coordinates for us to progress. The Hebrew word for wisdom can sometimes mean you have a technical skill or you have experience or shrewdness. In other words, it means you know how to do it. So when we talk about, you know, how to do something. So wisdom 
gives you the ability to know how to do it. It is success. It means success in the sense that what you attempted to do actually comes out the way it intended. Oh, watch this now. You're going to miss it. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes we start out doing something with one intention, but life happens and it doesn't happen the way we intended. But wisdom steps in and goes back and grabs that intention that went a flaw, brings it back into line so that by the time you complete what you started, it will work out according to God's plan. Let me pause for a minute. Stay there. Wisdom then is valuable for all the things that we attempt to do on a daily basis. We intend things to go one way when we go to work. We intend things to go another way when we raise our kids. We intend for things to go one way when we are spending our money, but it don't. (laughs) Wisdom has to check in. The New Bible Dictionary says wisdom is intensely practical. It is not theoretical. In other words, we don't need more theory. We don't need more preaching and theory and ideals. We need application in real settings, understanding how it works. And so the art of being, wisdom is the art of being successful or forming the correct plan to gain the desired results. Listen to what I'm saying. Wisdom jumps in the middle of our lives to help us from our start reach our intended end. Wisdom is uncommon intelligence. Wisdom ain't just, it's not just randomly everywhere. Wisdom is uncommon intelligence. Therefore, it must be sought outside of ourselves. You can't go get this wisdom from Walmart. You can't you can't go to Costco and get this wisdom. This wisdom is beyond us. So assume from the beginning then, Shauna, if the wisdom is beyond us, then assume from the beginning that whatever you start, you don't have the intellect to do it on your own then it is highly possible that what you start is going to go wrong. And not always because of you, but because there's an enemy out there who's trying to stop the plan of God in your life. Sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes you intended the right thing. You did make the right choice, but it didn't work. So seek wisdom before all things get done. So instead of just doing it and hoping for the best, seek wisdom from the beginning. And so to find wisdom, you first must find God. So wisdom and God, you're going to learn, work hand in hand. Wisdom branches out to touch all of life, not just the religious parts. And I want to make this clear. Wisdom in God doesn't only work when you're spiritual. Wisdom works even when you're messing up. Wisdom works even when you commit a sin. Listen, wisdom, God is there when you commit a sin to help you get back on track. I used to think, oh man, I sinned. God is really mad at me, but I'm in trouble. I got Does God leave you there to just be utterly destroyed? No, if you call upon his name, Right after you sin, he will give you wisdom by his Holy Spirit of what you need to do to start correcting it. Wow. So wisdom takes from the actions of God and applies them to us. In other words, wisdom is God saying, God telling us what he would do in a situation. God says, here's what I would do in this situation. And then he passes it on to you and says, here, take my advice, do what I would do. The effectiveness, though, of wisdom hinges on our obedience to it. If God tells you what he would do in a situation, but you don't do it, that means you didn't heed to his wisdom. So the effectiveness of our lives coming out the way it should is our obedience to the advice we get from God. Are you tracking? 
The thing that makes wisdom distinct from intuition and experience is its unique concept of being revealed from God to obtain it. In other words, the difference between instinct, sometimes we feel an instinct or we have intuition, or sometimes we rely on our experience. We say, well, I've done this before. I know that this could happen. But the difference between intuition and experience is that wisdom can only be revealed. We'll talk about that in a moment. And the downfall of it is that men try to cope with spiritual issues with human wisdom. People every day try to fix their lives based on their human experiences and even their age, thinking that based on what I've gone through, I can fix my life. It is as if you are saying, I have knowledge, but I have no revelation. And so God is saying wisdom must be revealed. In other words, that no matter how far you are in life, Wisdom-wise, you fall short of knowing what God would do in this situation. And the perplexity of that is divine because God can do stuff that we humanly can't. And so when we would think, oh, this is what I'm going to do, we lose the opportunity of applying the miracle of God because what God would do in a situation, listen, we get to the Red Sea, even Moses was like, well, I don't know how to cross over here. He could have said, well, let's build a boat and drum across. But when you get the revelation of God, God told him, raise your staff and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So what God would do is part the waters and let them walk through on dry land. Don't get confused and and use your own thoughts to think how to get out of something where God might have something that is much more powerful and miraculous. Are you tracking? So Jesus is the new Torah. He is the wisdom of God for the New Testament. The Lexham Bible Dictionary said wisdom is created also to avoid troubles. So sometimes God tells us what we would do, what he would do in a situation before we do it to help us avoid trouble. You get it? So if you get wisdom before you do it, it sometimes can prevent trouble. Wisdom is not related, um, Lawanda, to just smart people. Wisdom is not related, Lawanda, to just sages and soothsayers or uh, prophets or pastors or bishops. But wisdom is relegated to whomever believes. So you can be uneducated and be wise. Because wisdom isn't always taught. Wisdom is revealed. And so this is why children can sometimes be wiser than adults, at least in moments. Sometimes a child will come up and and say something and and you'd be like, oh, wow, that's smart. Yes, because children can often ascertain the revelation of God quicker than an adult because children are more innocent. Uh, so is wisdom Jesus? Ah, that's the question, Sharon. Yes, and we'll see how the Old Testament connects wisdom to Jesus and how the New Testament saw the two connected. So let's look at Proverbs 8 and see how it describes it. Wisdom is personified in Proverbs 8. It is personified in Proverbs 8 so we can see it, not just think it in our minds, Proverbs gives this description of wisdom as a woman, as a person in the Bible who is trying to educate us. So let's look at Proverbs 8, read a few passages. How are we doing, sound? Okay. So let's look at this passage. Verse 11 says, For wisdom is more precious than rubies, 
and nothing you desire can compare with her. Oh, she's been personified. Verse 12 says, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence, common day wit, insight. I possess knowledge and discretion. And he says, then in verse 15, he says, by me, kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. In other words, they, they make, you know, people rule by applying wisdom for the best outcome. He says in 16, by me, princes govern and all nobles who rule on earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. Look at how personable, how personified wisdom is. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. Remember, I talked about making God your prosperity. So then he says in 19, my fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. So here in the text, wisdom is personified in Proverbs 8 so we can see it, so we can act like it. So we don't just have to think of it in our minds. So she says, by me, kings reign. I love those who love me. So wisdom in and of itself is not, not a concrete person. In other words, Joy sitting right here, wisdom is not a visible, visible, physical person. In reality, it is more of an idea or truth that must be realized. In other words, we must try to take that theory and realize it, make it real enough into an action or a person. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Wisdom has no personality unless you see it in Christ. So when we talk about personifying wisdom, we must put wisdom with the person. So the Bible puts wisdom with the person of Christ then Christ puts wisdom in the person of the Holy Spirit and puts the Holy Spirit in us so that we can be people of wisdom. Wisdom personified in our actions on earth. Are you tracking? So let's see what Paul and Job say about wisdom. So here uh, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, uh, Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, we preach Christ, the power of God, and here it is, the wisdom of God. So notice the text says, Christ is equated to the power of God and the wisdom of God. So to the Jew, the gospel is a stumbling block. To the Greek, it's foolishness. But look at 24. But to those whom God has called, that would be us, whoever, both Jew or Greek, whatever. When we talk about sides, there are no sides. He says, to whoever believes, no Jews, no Greeks, whatever. He says, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So Christ is our wisdom. So watch this now. Look at then what Job says. Job says, is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? 13 says, to God belong wisdom and power. Oh, well, we just said Christ is power and wisdom. Job said, even before Christ was born, to God belong wisdom and power. Counsel and understanding are his. Are you tracking? So the text suggests, the text suggests that the aged and the understanding that comes over time is made possible by God. So wisdom and power is with God. The beauty of this truth is that the actual wisdom of God came to earth and physically demonstrated 
how to apply God's virtue to our lives. In other words, the best example of wisdom working on earth is in the person personified wisdom in Christ living it on earth. And that's why we become Christians to be Christ-like. But I guarantee you, Christ didn't do anything without wisdom. And now that wisdom lives in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit, we too can walk in wisdom. And so I deduced from hours of studying, hours of studying this passage, I'm going to give you three areas in which wisdom was used most to thrive, and that wisdom is needed for three reasons in our lives today. So from these passages, we conclude that we need wisdom for three main reasons. The first one is creation. From this study, I learned how important and present wisdom was in God's original creation. But for the first time, I was able to to place Christ at the origins of creation by tying wisdom to Christ. Wow, I didn't know that wisdom was there at the creation, and I didn't know that wisdom could be personified with Christ. I've never seen this before. So let's see how wisdom and creation coordinate and why Christ is important to connect to this milestone in history. Let's look at scripture. First, we look at Proverbs 8, 22 to 31. Look at the text. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. Talking about wisdom. This is wisdom talking. The Lord brought me forth at the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was appointed from eternity, from the beginning, before the world began. It's wisdom. He says, when there were no oceans... I was given birth, wisdom, when there were no springs abounding with water. He says, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Dang. 30. Then I was the craftsman at his side. There it is. Wisdom was the craftsman at the father's side when he was creating. He said, I was filled with delight. How often? Day after day. Because wisdom is a daily thing. Rejoicing always where? In his presence. So 31 says... Rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Oh my God. Just like, watch this. Look at this. After reading this, we don't see Christ's name anywhere. Check this out. We don't see Christ. We see wisdom's name, right? We see wisdom all in the beginning. We don't see Christ's name anywhere in this. So where does Christ's involvement come in, PC? Well, check this out. Let's go. Back to the scriptures. Look at this text then in uh, Colossians 1, 15 through 17. And it says, he, now talking about Christ, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Oh, there's Christ. Remember, wisdom was there, the one born before creation. But then 16 says, for by him, by Christ, all things were created. Oh, wait a minute. Jesus was a part of creation. He says, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. So 17 says, he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Oh my gosh. So watch this now. So notice how Christ is spoken of in relation to creation. That notice as wisdom was mentioned with creation, so is Christ mentioned 
with creation. But we know Jesus wasn't born until 83 AD, 33 AD. Well, wait a minute. The world was created before then, so Jesus must have been personified back in the Old Testament with God in, in person. So he says, by him, by Christ, all things were created. So now we're starting to see how wisdom plays a role. Watch this. How wisdom and Christ plays a role into the functionality of a world order that has a plan but imposes a live person to avail himself for the many changes and detours life has when the plan goes off the rails. And yet God is still in control. So watch this. At the beginning of creation, God was creating the world along with wisdom by his side, along with Christ in mind, because God knew at the beginning of forming creation that man was going to go off the rails. He knew that Eve was going to submit to the serpent and get Adam to eat the fruit and sin would come in. So he didn't start the world without wisdom being intact. I'm trying to get you to see that you don't start anything without wisdom flanked on your left and on your right. If you begin a marriage, begin it with Christ. If you begin a new job, begin it with wisdom because something is not going to go as planned. God, I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying. So watch this final verse. In St. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, for you skeptical people who think I'm making something up, John 1, 1 through 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God, where? In the beginning. Oh man. So Jesus was there. He was there along with wisdom. Oh, look at that. The father, wisdom, Jesus, all there creating. And then he says in verse three, he says, through him, all things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made. Wow. Look at this. So watch this now. Martin Shields says in his writing on wisdom, he says, biblical wisdom as expressed in Proverbs reflects belief that God created the universe according to a set of moral laws that reflect his nature. In other words, God created the world with the concept of the world acting out his moral laws and acting in agreement with his nature. Ah, he intended one thing, but he created man in the midst of that, and man was created with free will. And then Shields goes on to say, it says it also reflects the belief that through observation and analysis, people can discern these rules and determine the appropriate course of action in all aspects of life. So what he's saying is that because the world was created based on moral laws and the nature of God, when God created man, man can somehow see the laws and see the nature in their everyday life. In other words, the revelation of who God is can be seen in creation. Oh God. And so man is without excuse, as Roman tells us, that the laws can be seen. Man can still re be revealed or see the wisdom of God revealed just by living their life on earth uh, from day to day. Is anybody tracking? So Shields goes on to say, this is particularly apparent in Proverbs 8, which depicts wisdom as aiding God in the creation of this world. Oh, this is fancy. And what it seems to suggest is that when God created the world, that he put she sprinkled wisdom all throughout the world. <laughs> Just in case something happened, wisdom wouldn't be far away. <laughs> so he sprinkled wisdom where the mountains would be, sprinkled wisdom where there would be a, a pregnancy and a baby loss. He sprinkled wisdom at, at terminations and firings of jobs. He sprinkled wisdom where foreclosure 
measures happened. He sprinkled wisdom where divorces would occur. He sprinkled wisdom where attorneys and lawyers would be involved in bitter fights in court. So to be successful in life, we must begin all things with wisdom. Don't build anything without God's wisdom. As that wisdom was in the beginning of all things with God, and so it must be with us in the beginning of all things with us. Remember, wisdom is to bring the best possible outcome of things, Tony. Wisdom is used to bring the best possible outcome of things. I'll say that again, Tony. Wisdom is needed to bring the best possible outcome of things. In other words, God sprinkled the earth with wisdom because he wants the best possible outcome for his children. So if something is started from sin, it couldn't have started with wisdom of God. But don't be alarmed. Don't be frustrated. You started wrong. But don't be alarmed because those of us who started wrong, wisdom is also used in redemption. And we'll address that last. But for now, we must know in all our actions from this point, we should do our best to begin all things with prudence, not impulse, not emotion, not after you smoke a joint, not after you feeling toasty and high or just got chocolate wasted. You must begin things, not on impulse, not because you're mad, not because you're feeling some kind of way, you know, impulse buying, you know, impulse shopping or impulse cussing or impulse going key in somebody's car, putting sugar in a tank. Don't do things based on those, but rather do things based on the wisdom of God. In other words, find how close wisdom is in your house. See a little sprinkle with it. It's a sprinkled in your house. It's a sprinkled. Wisdom is a sprinkled in your car when you need it. It's a sprinkled in your office at work. Wisdom is a sprinkle. I feel him. I can't get off of it. Let's look at the second important value I discovered in wisdom. You want me to stop? The first is creation. The second is revelation. So while wisdom is often a associated with intellect, I discovered that true wisdom isn't gained from books, but it must be revealed. It must be revealed. And we learn that when the right things are created in our lives, they reveal the wisdom of how to use them in the newly created world order. So notice how much we learn and gain over time living in this world. So in other words, when we when we start living life, we get wisdom because wisdom is sprinkled. In other words, God is not going to put you on earth and then don't give you the wisdom of how to live on it. So people didn't come out knowing the cure of the bubonic plague. People didn't come out knowing the cure for cancer or the cure for this or that. We learned that over time. Do you get what I'm saying? That everything we need to be successful, everything we need to have the best possible outcome on earth. I'm getting so happy in this message. Oh my God, this is a message of hope. Everything we need on earth to deal with AIDS and every problem, hunger, homelessness, climate change, everything we need is here on earth. It can be revealed through the power of God's wisdom. And so we learn this over time. So take a look at this passage that shows how wisdom is revealed. Because I want you to think I'm making it up. Uh, Oh, you're reading a lot of passage, Pastor Cherry. Good. You need the Bible. All right. Watch this now. So in Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 23, the Bible says, Daniel says this, he says, praise be to the name of God forever and ever, watch this, wisdom and power are his. Notice, I ought to do a sermon next week on wisdom and power. Why are wisdom and power keep showing up together? Ooh, ooh, that seems to suggest that where wisdom is, there is power. If you know what to do, God gives you the power to do it. Doggone it, I can't preach that. Wait a minute. Get back to the text, PC. He says in 21, he says, 
He changes times and seasons. God can manipulate times and seasons to still work out. He sets up kings and he deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He says he reveals deep. There it is. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. But look at 23. He says, I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me what? Wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Oh, this is so good. So Daniel was supposed, he was brought to the court of the king to interpret the king's dream. And Daniel didn't know the answer to the dream, but he got the answer because God revealed it to him. Daniel was given wisdom on the spot to know how to respond and what to do. I don't know if anybody's ever been in trouble and you didn't know what to do, but all of a sudden God gave you some insight on how to, don't, don't mess with me. Get, don't mess with me. Come on, flip with some. Give me that Geraldine. Wait a minute. So today we may not receive direct communication from God on the spot, but New Testament wisdom is revealed in the Bible. New Testament wisdom is found in Christ. Well, how do you get to know Christ? You read the word. How is his wisdom revealed in church? I preach the Bible so that the Bible can give you wisdom. Listen, you ought to be able to listen to a sermon and then be able to know what to do. That, that's why sometimes, and I, I speak this specifically to you, Tony, I thought about you this morning when I was preaching, preparing to preach this message, and I feel like wisdom is for you at a time right now in your life. <laughs> But I'm trying to get you to see that sometimes when you hear a message, God sends you the message to give you wisdom, watch this, and power to know what to do in those situations. Apply it where you need it. You know where you cut. As the church preaches Christ, then we get filled with wisdom. And as we apply the principles taught, the revelation unfolds in our lives. People often talk, I need to talk to Pastor Chair. I need to talk to, I need to see Pastor. If you come to church regularly, if you meet here every week, you'll get everything you need for your seven-day walk. You don't need special counseling. You just need to respond to the wisdom God has given you. So as we apply these principles in our lives, as we take the messages and we try to apply them, wisdom then unfolds. In other words, we gain understanding on Monday and Tuesday as we try to apply what we learned on Sunday so you can grow in wisdom. It isn't always suddenly uh, all bestowed. In other words, you're not going to get all the answers for your life at once. Revelation, revelation is a process. It is a rolling out of putting two and two together over time. So don't get frustrated because you don't have the next piece yet. Be excited about the piece you do have. So even Jesus is said to have grown grown in wisdom and stature. Luke 2.52 said that Jesus grew in wisdom. And wait a minute, God himself, Jesus in the human form had to grow. In, in other words, he had to learn how to walk just like us. He had to learn how to pee. He had to learn he pooped his diapers. He had to learn how to hiccup and eat. He had to learn how to talk. He had to learn. In other words, he grew in wisdom and stature from his human perspective. And Matthew 13 said that when he got to the synagogues, they were questioning, the old people were questioning this 12-year-old boy and said, where has he found this wisdom from? How did he get this wisdom? Man, if you miss this, you're drunk. Oh my God. So they were saying, this little boy has incomparable wisdom. You know why? You, he got it from the Father. He got his wisdom from God. So revelation is not based on intellect alone. You can read all the books you want to, you can read people often say they don't give you a manual for life nope they don't and you make a whole lot of mistakes but God said I created life with wisdom so that you can learn from your mistakes and do better oh I'm preaching better than you saying amen so this is divine insight that God gives us for our lives and as we grow our outcomes should get 
better, Shana. As we grow and walk with God, our choices and decisions should lead to better outcomes. If they don't, then wisdom is a lie and wisdom don't lie. So the problem must be you're not obeying what wisdom is saying. Somebody say, preach PC. It is the basis of all earthly leadership. Wisdom is the basis of any leader that we have on earth. God says you're not even qualified to be a leader if you don't apply wisdom. Why? Because people are in our care. And if we're going to lead, God says you have to lead with the thought that you want the best possible outcome for the people you are leading. You cannot lead and be selfish. I cannot pastor and be selfish. I must preach with wisdom. And wisdom always says best possible outcome for everybody involved. So if you're going to preach PC, give the best possible outcome, not just for you, but for everybody involved. In other words, if prosperity works for you, then it ought to work for the people. Don't it, man? Never mind. Move on, PC. Listen, so Job tells us that only God knows where wisdom resides. He hides it, is stored, waiting to be revealed in our various day-to-day situations. So look at the text. Look at Job. Look at then Job uh, chapter 28, verses 20 and 21. The text says, where then does wisdom come from? Where, Joyce? Where, little Ben? Where does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? He says, it is hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds of the air. The birds don't even know it. He says, but God understands the way to it. (laughs) This is sick. God knows where it is and he alone knows where it dwells. Has anybody seen this? So only God knows where wisdom dwells. So how do we get it, y'all? How do we get it, Sharon? How do we get it, Tabitha? Do you hear me, Tabitha? How do we get it? Paul teaches us that we must pray for wisdom. Somebody say pray. God, show us the answers to the conundrums of our lives. We started out strong, but life happened. Show me, God, where the wisdom is to get out of this debacle of a situation. Paul says pray that God's wisdom is revealed in your life as Paul prayed in Colossians. 1, 9 through 10, he says this. Look at the text. He says, Paul says, for the Colossians, the people in Colossians, he said, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to do what? To fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual what? Wisdom and understanding. He says, And we pray this. Why? Why do we pray this, Joyce? Why do we pray this, Lawanda? Why do we pray this, Latanya? He says, we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Best possible outcome. And may please him in every way. Best possible outcome. Bearing fruit in every good work. Best possible outcome. Growing in the knowledge of God. Best possible outcome. In other words, make God your prosperity. Make God your best possible outcome. So look at this. Paul prayed this because he understood that revealed wisdom gives us the outcomes in life that he wants for us. So pray for the wisdom so that our life becomes fruitful. I'm telling you, you can't be successful without wisdom. You can't be a good daddy without wisdom. You Let me tell you something, man. Raising three kids, I didn't know what to do. Shoot. I was messed up. I didn't know. And my first child was was came in, I got her at one or two, so she wasn't mine biologically, but I was like, Lord, I don't know how to raise a child. She started crying. I'm like, oh, Kenesha, what's wrong? What's the matter, Jesus? I 
had to get wisdom from God. There's no book out there to tell me what to do. I had to get on my knees and to pray. So to live a life that's worthy of the Lord, God says pray for wisdom. A life that bears fruit from our work. We need wisdom to be revealed to us in our daily lives. Remember wisdom before doing anything. Wisdom is needed for the understanding of life as well. My point is that if God created the world for us to live in, then he must have created wisdom to teach us how to live the best possible outcome. This is very simple. I'm just taking a long way to tell it to you. Wisdom is needed for all your choices. Wisdom is needed not just for completing your tasks, not just for finishing jobs, but we need wisdom to understand why we did it. Wisdom tells us why you chose what you chose. It's not just that God says, here's what you need to do, but wisdom tells us why it matters. Read Ecclesiastes. It's written by Solomon, who was the man of wisdom. Solomon is the wisdom man. He's supposed to be the one that God gave this excessive wisdom to. And Ecclesiastes says basically this, live your life as best you can, enjoy it, but give God all the glory. He created it for you. Live life, eat, drink, be merry, but don't do nothing without God. He says, because all of life is vanity without God. And so in other words, you've got to be prepared to know why you live life. So understand, yeah, you make $150,000, but why does that matter? It's not just that you're rich and you're able to be pompous and arrogant, but that you're able to do more with $150,000. You're able to bless more. You're able to understand your positioning and your ranking. Why did you get fired? Why did she leave you? Why did he turn you down? Why did your kids go off? Why did you lose a loved one? Understand, wisdom tells you why it happens, not just that it happened. Oh man, I'm preaching to somebody, so know your why. And I told you about the book that I, I mentioned it by Simon Sinek. He's a great TED talker. He talks about the power of why. And so for now, our final aspect of wisdom we learned today. Yep, I'm rest about on time. I'm giving it up here. Our final is redemption. First is creation. Second is revelation. Third is redemption. And so while creation sets all things in place in our lives and revelation unfolds how we're to utilize those things for the best possible outcomes of God, he has included wisdom in the aspect of redemption for when we get it wrong. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for wisdom when we get it wrong. God prepared for our mistakes before we even made them. No one plans for things to go wrong in their lives, but when they do, woo, wisdom is there to bring the best possible outcome. Somebody say best possible outcome. Romans 8 says, in all things, God is at work for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You've heard people say, you've heard people say that it's wisdom. It, it's, it's wisdom to plan for mistakes from the outset because they will happen. Don't live like life is going to be perfect. I made that mistake. I grew up a perfectionist. My mother set the bar real high and I thought I was just going to be Mr. Perfect Cherry. Well, I got life dealt to me. You will be sorely mistaken, beloved, if you think life is going to go according to plan. I'm preaching to somebody expect good. Yes. I'm not saying be pessimistic and say everything's going to go wrong. No. Oh, I must say something. Heck no. Uh, no. I mean, I'm saying expect good. Wake up in the morning. Put on your best clothes. I want my bow tie to be straight. I want to look good. Me and my mellow, we say to each other, we don't say you look good, G-O-O-D. We say you look good, G-O-O-T. You look good. I don't want to look good. I want to look good. Mellow, I look good. I want to expect good. I want to expect God to answer. I want to expect a positive thing. But I also must be realistic in knowing that I don't always get what I expect. And I have to apply wisdom for those situations. But know that if you seek wisdom first, and if you create from that premise as you go, God will reveal what is needed to be done. But even if you still get it wrong and you try to apply what God said, wisdom's redemption is accessible. And well, you can't talk about redemption without talking about Christ. You can't talk about uh, wisdom without talking about Christ. So once again, wisdom and Christ go hand in hand. Watch the text. Wrap this up, PC. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. In other words, listen, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us, what has he become for us? Wisdom from where? From God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and what? 
redemption. There it is. Christ who is our wisdom is also our redemption. So in Proverbs, watch this, wisdom is personified as the choice between virtue and folly. So if you read Proverbs, it talks about uh, don't go in with this woman, it's going to be a problem. But then Proverbs will say, well, go do this and you will be blessed. So there's always choice in life. And Proverbs sets up to help wisdom, to give wisdom to help you to start choosing the right way. So redemption is about bringing people back from when they make the wrong choice. So Jesus says, I know that the choice is hard sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to quit smoking. Sometimes it's hard to quit drinking. Sometimes it's hard to quit lying. Sometimes it's hard to quit cheating. It's hard. It's hard. But God says, all things are possible by me. I've given you wisdom that'll give you redemption. And he says, when you mess up, he says, come to me. He says, if you confess your sins, I'm faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Wait, don't stop there because we don't just need forgiveness, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, he will fix us. Redemption, wisdom will fix it. Wisdom won't just cover it. Wisdom will fix that dog it, man. I'm, ooh, slap myself on the back. Life comes with choices every day and God knows you won't always get it right. So even before creation, God had your redemption in mind because wisdom was there when he was making it. So likewise, if we are going to be Christians in the world who are offering this saving Jesus to others, then we too must use wisdom even in our witnessing for Jesus. If our lifestyle is a lifestyle to redeem others, then you can't do it without wisdom. I'm telling you, stop popping up these churches and you don't apply wisdom. Stop popping up these Bible studies and prayer classes and you don't apply wisdom. You cannot redeem anybody without knowing how to redeem them and why. So wisdom must be a part of our redemption story. So don't just go out and say, I'm going to save people. Sharon, don't just go out giving out tracts. I'm going to save people. Prepare for it. Seek God. Let him be your prosperity because the reality is everybody won't come to God the same way. And these cookie cutter Christians who go out and say, just accept Jesus. Just pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Just follow me. Read this track. Come to my church. you got to find the way to reach people. you got to get wisdom that he's sprinkling and say, how do I say it, God? How can I reach him? What do we have in common? God, I feel him here today. Jesus saves, not us. Woo! <laughs> you women, you men who thinking you're going to save your spouse, put your cross down. You ain't got no cross. Jesus saves, not you. And the reason he's successful at it is because it's based on his wisdom. He's successful at saving us because wisdom has launched it with him. Wisdom redeems in Jesus' wisdom. So thank God for his wisdom. I conclude with this. I conclude with this. We have seen Jesus and wisdom in creation and we have seen them both play a role in revelation. Even the last book of the Bible is called the revelation of Jesus Christ. Look at that Jesus. And in redemption the two can be synonymous Christ and wisdom. So to get wisdom you get God and wisdom becomes your means to prosperity because God is coordinating things in your life with wisdom for the best possible outcomes. So I leave you with this passage. Look at our commission from God in Proverbs 8 1 through 5. Here is your commission. 8 chapter 8 verse 1 says does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice. On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city at the entrances, she cries out aloud to us. To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You were, you who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. Look, calling out to him. It does bringing it all out. So in Proverbs, we're told to pursue wisdom. Seek it out. It's at the gates. It's at the interest entrances. It's calling out to us. And then Colossians 2, 2-3 says this. He says, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united.
it in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. And verse 3, here it is, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You're going to find the answer in Jesus. I found it all in Jesus Christ. In Christ are the treasures of wisdom. So if we are to seek wisdom, then we are to seek Christ. He is our wisdom. He is our full plan. What's your plan, Christ? What's your game plan for this marriage, Christ? What's your game plan for your finances, Christ? Let God be your prosperity. He is our prosperity. He is more precious than rubies and fine gold. For Proverbs 8:11 says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule. And he says in 19, he says, my fruit is better than gold. Yes, than fine gold. But look at this. Praise God then. Praise God for his ministry. Because in Revelation chapter 5, verse 12, it says in a loud voice they sang. (laughs) They sang worthy is the lamb who was slain (laughs) to receive power and what? Wealth and what? Wisdom (laughs) and strength and honor and glory and praise. (laughs) So Jesus is to be praised (laughs) for receiving wisdom. (laughs) Thank God for the wisdom to get out of this. Thank God for the Christ who knows the answer to my problem. He has done an outstanding job at making wisdom available to us. Rah, rah. Cheer, cheer. Any cheerleaders? Anybody a cheerleader at the softball and foot, football at the high school? Cheer, cheer. Shish, kumba, boomka. Cheer, cheer. Why? Because God has done an excellent job at applying wisdom to our life. It's not his fault if people don't pursue it. It's not his fault if you didn't obey it. But Proverbs tells us over and over again, if we don't heed the words and call of wisdom, our end is pure trouble. Trouble is waiting on you and even at times people die before they should because they didn't heed the call of wisdom. Oh, oh! Didn't you hear wisdom calling the foolish? He said, foolish one. Come in here, simple one. Come in here. What's your name? Liar. Come in here. Addicted one. Come in here. Cheating one. Come in here. Selfish one. Wisdom is calling you today. So let us worship him for being our wisdom. I'm going to take my coat off. I feel like Jesus. He says worship him for being our practical truth in spiritual situations. Worship him for being our prosperity. For wisdom is far greater than ruby and gold. Worship him because when we got Jesus and growth, we've got Jesus for everything we need so that our outcomes in life become the best possible outcomes that God gives us the opportunity to choose him. So choose wisdom today and begin a life of actions that pleases God. Before you go do, pause and get wisdom first. Your outcomes depend on it. I'm PC and I praise him because that's all I've got.